You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. It's Behave with Arden Moore, the show that teaches you how to have harmony in the household with your pets. Join Arden as she travels coast to coast to help millions better understand why cats and dogs do what they do. Get the latest scoop on famous faces. They're perfectly pampered pets in Who's Walking Who in Renton, Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails. Garner great pet tips and have a doggone fur-flying fun time. So get ready for the pause and applause as we unleash your all-behave host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Welcome to the Old Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Now, I've known my special guest for more than a decade, and I've admired how he continues to expand his reach in the pet world. He thinks globally and not only acts locally, but globally as well. He betters the lives of dogs, cats, and other companion animals. And I can tell you this, if there is a major pet event or conference, you can bet he is there, or at least writing about it, to his millions of readers, listeners, and viewers. Hey, I want all of us to give a possum welcome to the dog and cat's best friend. I'm speaking of, of course, Steve Dale. Welcome to the show, Steve. <laughs> what? Wow, I love the introduction. Arden. That's a bow wow. <laughs> You know, I've interviewed you many times, but I love the fact that this is turnaround here. That's right. It's time to flip it, baby. Flip it. Now, listeners, I want you to think of Steve as the answer man for all things pet. He's here to bring out the best in you and your pets. And you guys know the drill. We all need to sit and stay. And we'll be right back after we take this commercial break. Time for a pause. Four furry ones actually sit and stay. All Behave will be right back. It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Your pets will stay warm for the winter and be runway ready. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com All Behave is back with more tail-wagging ways to achieve harmony in the household with your pets. Now, back to your fetching host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Welcome back to the Old Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Steve Dale is in the house. Well, actually, he's on the line with us. Right, Steve? I am in the house. Is that what you said? Yeah, you're in the house. (laughs) Yes. You know, Steve, I thought I uh, happily wore many collars in the pet world, but you definitely sport many pet identities. I mean, we're talking radio show host, syndicated columnist, author, certified animal behavior consultant, board member for all these national pet groups like the Wind Feline Foundation, and there's so much more. I mean, we could just fill this entire show just simply listing your titles and duties and accomplishments. But that doesn't help anybody. No. I think that I'd rather help people with their pets than do that. 
All so right. I'd rather talk about anything you'd like that, that can help <laughs> folks. You teed it up perfectly. You swing and it's a home run by Steve Dale. That's why we're going to focus at the start of the show on a couple of must-get books that you just wrote. These are ebooks. I love the titles. The titles say it all. Good Dog, Practical Answers to Behavioral Questions, and Good Cat, Practical Answers to Behavioral Questions. I love that these books are in a question-and-answer format. Steve, please tell us what inspired you to do these two ebooks and how our listeners can get their paws on these books. Well, first of all, you get it. I love the fact, you know, I've done dozens of radio shows, and typically the person on the other end of the microphone there says, uh, the names of the books are Good Dog and Good Cat. But you say, say, Good Dog. That's right. And and you're the first person, first, to really understand what I'm trying to do overall is say, listen, we use positive reinforcement. It can really make a difference to help you solve your problems no matter what they are. Now, some problems, you may need to bring in professional help. And what I did is I took the most common questions I get asked. And the most common question of all that I get asked, what do you think it is? Oh, is it with cats first we're going to do? Is this cats for 200, Steve? Okay, I would say something with their bathroom habits. Yeah, inappropriate elimination in cats is way up there. Look up toward your ceiling, everyone. That's how often I get that question. The next maybe is at your own eye level if you're standing up, and that's aggression in dogs. Below that, maybe aggression in cats, and I can go on. But I handle those sorts of questions, scratching in all the wrong places. Dogs with separation anxiety, and by the way, increasingly over the years. So I get that question more often for whatever reason now than I did, say, uh, 10 or 12 years ago. But I take the most common questions I get asked. And not only do I offer some answers, but I go to some of the best experts. I'm very lucky that I'm able to have friends that have lots of props. And I go to the best people, in some cases on the planet, to have these questions answered. So if you have a question about your pet, and some of these are universal, at some point in time when you have that pet, you may have an issue with your pet's behavior. And you could just go to the book and kind of look it up. And what is also fun for me or what was fun for me to write are some of the uh, more quirky questions that I've gotten over the years. And speaking of the quirky questions in your book, Steve, tell me a little bit more about the one involving the kleptomaniac kitty. Well, you know, sometimes cats will hide things. And this cat was a kleptomaniac kitty. So why is the cat actually taking things and hiding things? And, you know, sometimes it's, listen, I could have letters after my name or not and be a dog and cat behavior consultant, but I am not a dog or a cat. So it's (laughs) challenging for us to sometimes know exactly what they're thinking, but there is an explanation for this one, probably. You know, cats will cache food. Uh, When they have plenty of food, I'm talking about cats that live outdoors, uh, still, quote, in the wild, you know, feral cats. They, right. they will store for a rainy day, which is a smart thing to do. And evolution has prepared their brains to do that. And even though cats have lived with us for a very long time and are, are now domestic animals, they and dogs still carry over some of those things, you know, from thousands of years ago. And individual cats will sometimes do this. So that's probably what's going on with that cat. Sometimes they'll do it with food. Sometimes they'll do it with items that smell like they're people. And and sometimes they'll do it with their little mouse toy or other toys. 
So rather than take away some sort of quirky questions from the book, because I want people to spend a whole $3 to buy those books, I think it's more fun. I literally just, as we're talking, as we're talking, I just pulled up with these questions and see maybe how you would answer these, Arden. You have expertise in behavior. I mean, sometimes... Oh, great. Well, no, no, no. This is not like a barking dog issue or a behavior. Well, you'll, here, you'll see what I mean. Dear Steve, and the questions that I get, I mean, you couldn't make this stuff up. Okay, dear Steve, I have a problem with my roommate. She says she hears my dog barking at 3 a.m., and it disturbs her. Well, my dog is with me at 3 a.m. in my bed. I am not a sound sleeper. And I know she's not barking. What do you think? I think that the roomie is using the dog to mask a problem that's actually between the two two-leggers in that housing situation. And that what could be done is the person who does have the dog can easily, thanks to inexpensive technology, do a video cam that proves the dog is happily snoozing next to them in their bedroom and not making a single woof sound and show that to the roomie. I think there's more going on and and the dog is just being blamed for a bigger issue. That's exactly what I suggested. So I'm thinking maybe uh, the roommate is really wanting the dog to go and just complaining about it. could be that the roommate is having nightmares about a dog. It it could be that the roommate is really hearing a dog bark, but it's outside. Or I suppose this dog could really be barking, but in any case, I agree with you, find another roommate. Let me run one more by you if you have a moment. (laughs) What What do you think of Sesame Street? Sesame Street? You know, to tell you the truth, Steve, I I don't really give Sesame Street much thought. Why? Here's why I ask. I'm not asking you because I think you're Mitt Romney. Our Maltese mix, they write, is wonderful, friendly, happy. She loves our two children and their friends, but there's a problem. The trouble began when we purchased one of those floor-to-ceiling-sized TVs with surround sound. Our family room is now more like a movie theater. Sometimes Molly will bark at these TV shows, especially if animals are featured. But what gets her really riled up are the Muppets or Sesame or any show with puppets. She barks and charges the TV while growling. I'm actually afraid she'll throw herself at the TV. I know you'll suggest not watching the Muppets or Sesame Street, but our kids are in love with those shows. What would you do? Da, 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 da. Here's what I would do. I would put that doggy on a leash when it's time for the kids to watch Sesame Street and walk, walk, walk and run, run, run that dog, get that dog good exercise and have the kids at home with adult supervision enjoying their show. It's a win-win for all. Well, you know, that's a better answer that I gave. What oh. I suggested is that they give the dog an incompatible behavior. So stuff a Kong toy or something. And there are many toys like that now with the some low-fat, low-salt peanut butter, put that in another room while Sesame Street is on, and if there's a door, close the door. But your there answer you is even you better. Go. Well, the nice thing about your ebook, Steve, is that you can always tweak them and expand them, right? I if you want to. So. Well, Steve, you have great credentials in the pet world, but you also know when it's time to call in the A-team of experts like veterinary behaviorists and veterinarians. And, you know, talk a little bit about uh, some recruiting efforts you did. Some chick named Betty White and Victoria Stillwell. Nice job. (laughs) Well, I couldn't believe it when Betty White said, yeah, she'll write the introductions for me. It's 
the most trusted person in America and a lady with more energy than I'll ever have. And, and you know what? She really does walk the walk. And I'm here to say that this woman, who I know you recently met at an award show in California. Yeah, I met her on my birthday. Now that's special. But she is a special one herself. And she an amazingly special one. I mean, it's, I mean, we should, you've interviewed celebrities, Arden. And at the moment, they may mean what they say, but they're also actors. And it doesn't mean that they're not good people, or, or, but I'll tell you, Betty White has made a career, a life, a lifetime of helping animals. Few have done as much over the course of what is a very long lifetime. And I was so grateful when she said, more than grateful, that's not even the word, when she said she'd write... Uh, the introductions and Victoria Stillwell, someone else who walks the walk. The reason, aside from the fact that Victoria Stillwell from It's Me or the Dog. No, no, no. It's like this. It's me or the dog. You know, she's a friend of mine, so I can, I guess I can get away with giving her a little kidding. But yeah, it's me or the dog. <laughs> you actually don't sound a heck of a lot like her, but you do sound like the queen. The queen? Oh, well, I guess it's because I love corgis and that's coming into play here. Apparently, but but she, aside from uh, supporting positive reinforcement training and doing the right things as a dog trainer, all of which she does, and looks very, very nice on television, which is appealing <laughs> to people like me. But aside from that, love her high boots, but yeah. aside from that, she really is willing to go out there and on controversial topics, stand up for what's right. And I so admire that because many sort of media performers aren't willing to do that for fear that their Q rating, you know, their likability will change one way or the other or some agent telling them they can't do that. She doesn't give a darn. If it's the right thing to do, Victoria Stillwell will do it. So I was similarly thrilled when she said she'd write the beginning of the book. And, you know, I go to people like veterinary behaviorists in part for their expertise to answer some of these questions because I'm not a veterinarian. And there may be a medical component that the veterinary behaviorist may be able to see that I can't in solving a lot of these questions that are really very common questions. So the good news, I think, Arden, is because of what you've been doing. You are no lightweight because of what you've been doing for an amazing career yourself and our colleagues and many, many others. I think increasingly the public knows more than 15 years ago. The Internet plays an enormous role in all that, understanding that there are behavior problems. So if something is going on with my dog or cat, the realization, and it's almost we assume today, but if you go back in time, it wasn't a common assumption that our pets can have behavior problems and potentially they can be solved. That's the good news. The bad news is then they go about solving them. And you're thinking, why is that bad news? I mean, we want people to go ahead and solve them. We don't want people to relinquish their pets for behavior reasons, which people still do. So here's why it's bad news. The assumption is that it's a behavior problem. So if the cat is, since we're talking, we have spoken about cats missing the litter box, so if the cat's doing that, especially if it's a new behavior and is going next to the litter box or going on top of a counter or, or maybe the dog is barking at 3 a.m. or maybe you've come home and you're finding your pillows torn up by your dog who's maybe blaming the cat, I don't know. But this was not a previous problem. And you go about asking a friend or a relative or 
going to the internet, a good site, a not-so-good site, even going to a dog trainer, or what's the problem with all that? You touch on a really key point, Steve. You know, we have to look at the whole being, and the health really does come into play. Think about us. When we're not feeling well and we're under the weather, we're not our charming selves, and we could be a little grumpy and achy and barky, too. That's it. So the cat, I will tell you, I can give you behavior advice forever about a cat that's missing the litter box, having accidents. But if the cat is diabetic, my advice forever isn't going to help. If the cat is hyperthyroid, if the cat has arthritis and it hurts to get into the box, and I can go on and on with potential medical explanations for all this, at least in part medical explanations. Idiopathic cystitis we now know is a huge one. So with that problem, uh, with a dog barking at 3 in the morning, if it's an older dog, it could be canine cognitive dysfunction syndrome, which is kind of like Alzheimer's in dogs. If it's a younger dog, well, maybe the dog actually is having GI issues. The list goes on there as well. So if at any time, and if I leave this interview with one piece of advice, this is it. If at any time you notice a change in your pet's behavior, call whoever you want, but first, contact your veterinarian. Bravo, Steve. You have just captured the whole essence, all in caps. You know, people need to be careful not to blame a dog's action or a cat's action on uh, misbehavior when it could be an underlining medical condition. And, and it's so vital to be your pet's best health ally and have your pet also have a great veterinarian to check them out. Yeah, so in, in the books, you know, that you refer to, which are called? Good Dog, Practical Answers to Behavioral Questions, and Good Cat, Practical Answers to Behavioral Questions. These ebooks are done by the one and only Steve Dale. Take it away, Steve. I had to hire yeah. you. So when I, when I go on the bus downtown, yeah, yeah, I'm as I get on that bus, you could say the author of Good Dog. Yeah, I love that. And the answers are tailored in this way. Some of them you'll read. It's general advice, of course, that, which is helpful. But you'll read, you must see your veterinarian first. You must see your veterinarian first over and over and over. For a lot of the answers, not, listen, not all of them. Dog is pulling on the leash. Uh, the answer is not necessarily see your veterinarian first. There the answer is how to teach your dog to walk by your side or nearly by your side on a leash. I mean, there are many examples which are behavior problems, which probably are not medical at all. But for many of them, that medical possibility really in the real world exists. And I think people who write columns about pets are irresponsible if they offer an answer without saying truly, and I mean truly, sincerely, positively, please, you must absolutely see your veterinarian first. And listeners, again, we are speaking with Steve Dale. He's been a longtime friend of mine, but first-time caller, first-time guest here on the show. And he is the author of two ebooks, appropriately called Good Dog, Practical Answers to Behavioral Questions, and Good Cat, Practical Answers to Behavioral Questions. They're in a question and answer format, lots of great information. And we're going to talk more with Steve, but we have to pay for the show by taking this commercial break. And when we come back... We're going to learn a little bit about Steve's furry family and his home in Chicago. So everybody, you know the deal. Sit and stay. We'll be right back. Time for a walk on the red carpet, of course. All Behave will be back in a flash right after these messages. Hi, I'm Dana Humphrey, the founder of Whitegate PR. 
We have been specializing in PR and marketing in the pet industry for over 10 years. If you have a pet product or service you would like to promote, give us a call. We can help create awareness for your brand on TV, radio, magazines, newspapers, and blogs. Feel free to reach me directly at 619-414-9307 or learn more on our website at whitegatepr.com or follow us on Facebook. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Hi, it's Victoria Sewell from Animal Planet. It's me or the dog. You're listening to Overhate with Arden Moore on Pet Life Radio. We're back from the lot. Just checked the paper and we had a record showing at the box. The letterbox, that is. Now back to Overhate. Here's Arden. Welcome back to the Obehave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. I'm glad we're back with Steve Dale. I want you to please dash over to two of his sites after this show. The first is called SteveDalePetWorld.com, and the second is PetWorldRadio.net. On the PetWorldRadio.net, you're going to get a chance to see some of the weekly radio shows he does, and he also does the Pet Minute with Steve Dale. You know, Steve does a lot for pets and their people, and we want to get into uh, what the the home life is like in the Dale household with the four-leggers. We also would like to hopefully have him do a special salute to the late, great Ricky, and how, in Ricky's memory, he's really making a difference for cats. Steve? Nice. Thank you for that. Yeah, I mean, currently we have a cat, and we have two dogs, and (laughs) a, a lizard. Oh, a leaping lizard. I did not know that. Who doesn't have a lizard? I, she's a, a northern blue-tongued skink, and her name, quite appropriately now, with a hit movie out, starring our lizard. Her name is Cosette. Of all the things that I do, I love uh, participating with the Wind Feline Foundation. And if you have a cat, if even if you don't know the Wind Feline Foundation or what that name is, you kind of do, because everything about your cat has at one point in time been funded by the Wind Feline Foundation, the only organization, I believe, on the planet that exclusively funds cat health research. So here are just some examples. Way back, in, before my time and most certainly before your time, in the 1960s, a problem for cats was dilated cardiomyopathy, a kind of heart disease, and cats were dying. Some of them were... were uh, losing their eyesight. Uh, it was terrible, and no one knew why. And a researcher at UC Davis had this idea that others thought, you know, this wacky, that there wasn't enough taurine, which is an amino acid, in cat food. Well, it turned out Dr. Payan was right, and the Wind Feline Foundation funded that study to determine that he was correct, and today, dilated cardiomyopathy, that kind of heart disease is hardly ever seen because there's plenty of taurine in cat food. Far more recently, and diabetes mellitus is a a problem in our cats, and it's a problem in dogs. And the reason, well, there are several reasons for that, but Dr. Deb Greco, not all that long, I'm just talking about a couple of years ago, had this idea that if we could change a cat's diet and decrease the carbs, increase the protein, also increase the exercise, so the metabolism changes, that's right, even exercise in cats, and also get the weight down, huge part of this. And they kind of all work in conjunction with one another. You add protein, weight's more likely to go down, etc. 
But if you could do those three things simultaneously, the diabetes might go into remission. Well, when Feline Foundation funded that study, turns out she's correct. Very recently, the Wynn Foundation funded a study which found that cats with another kind of still very, very, very common heart disease called hypertrophic cardiomyopathy is in part potentially familial, it runs in families, but also genetic. And the genetic marker uh, was found in ragdoll cats and in Maine Coon cats. Not all cats were getting there, but for now, just two breeds. So a cheek swab can be done by breeders to determine if that gene defect exists in those two breeds, which has saved lives. I mean, cats aren't born that would otherwise have what is sometimes a fatal disease and often an awful disease. This kind of heart disease, which is, as I said, very, very common in cats. And I began a fund, you, you mentioned my cat, uh, Ricky. I began a fund named for Ricky, who at the time was a very famous cat because Ricky played the piano. Oh, yeah, I know about Ricky. Ricky was sort of the, what, the feline Liberace. <laughs> well, it doesn't go back that far, but yeah, he was kind of like a meow start. And Ricky <laughs> would, would uh, perform recitals at like Petco and PetSmart, and people would applaud how very nice, but they couldn't believe what they were saying. That first, the cat would be so social in the first place to even go out anywhere to do anything and enjoy it. But also, of all things, play the piano. It was a little kid's piano, and Ricky knew all these other behaviors, could jump through a hoop if you have one. If he had a dog or two or three that could do a downstay, he could jump over them like an agility course, going over one, going over another, going over another. He knew many, many behaviors, but most of all was my best friend. Oh, I, I can still see the photos of Ricky perched on your shoulder, Steve. And for some of those folks, please describe the Devon Rex. It's not your ordinary uh, tabby cat. <laughs> no, they're a unique looking cat. And he was a very, one very unique cat. And, you know, it seems like so long ago, it was 2001 that he passed away of hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, this kind of heart disease. And I was just so frustrated that nothing could be done. I mean, the veterinarians did their best, but there was nothing really. There was no real treatment. And some cats with that disease will live out their entire lives never knowing they're sick and dying of something common in old age, at the age of 18 or 19, uh, kidney disease or cancer of one kind or another. But most cats with this disease succumb to it, and, and sometimes it's sudden death which was the case with our cat, is the most common cause of sudden death in cats. And in some cases, it's more long and drawn out, which is not good for the animal. So I began a fund with the Wind Feline Foundation called the Ricky Fund, named for our cat. And over the years, we've raised well over $100,000. Wait, we have to pause on that one. $100,000 plus. That's quite an amazing amount. And look at all the good that's being helped for today's cats, and future felines? Well, we're not there yet, and my hope is that we will get there for that disease and, and others. You know, uh, there's something called feline infectious peritonitis. I won't explain it all, but it's the one thing most of all you never want a dog or a cat to get. Dogs don't get that is the good news. Cats can. Generally, they do as kittens. More common than previously thought, but it's not exceedingly common, and it's fatal. And these little babies die. 
So I'm determined, you know, it's all about money, though, and, and raising right. money for cat health research is tougher than raising money for dog health research. Not that I don't want to see money go to dogs. I do. But it's just challenging to do, even though there are more cats than dogs in America. It's just a reality. So Now, Steve, you do have a famous line that you're credited with when it comes to the uh, status of cats. I'll give you a clue. Uh, the initials are R.D., and you have done a lot for the Wind Feline Foundation and the Catalyst Council. Yeah, yeah, yes. I suspect you're thinking that, let me back it up a little bit. I mean, we have more okay. cats than dogs in America, uh, so they are really man's best friend, yet more cats are relinquished, far more cats, are relinquished to shelters than dogs. Far more cats die in shelters than dogs. Far more cats are lost by owners and never recovered than dogs. And Cats, they unlikely go to a veterinarian. Dogs see a veterinarian at least twice as often on average as your average cat does. So with all of this, I say that cats are kind of like the Rodney Dangerfield of pets. And, you know, it just saddens me because cats bring so much to us. And, and we must love cats. I mean, somebody must. I mean, we have a lot of them in America, more than dogs. So what's gone wrong here? And I'm determined to change all this. So... If your cat hasn't seen the veterinarian in the past year, please, for 2013, make a resolution. And I hope that resolution is to see the veterinarian. My resolution, I make one every year. I make, and I've not said this to anyone yet. Not even, not even in my own radio venues. Uh oh, stop the presses. Stop there. We have a Steve Dale exclusive. You want me to make my announcement voice? Absolutely. Amazing, I still work in radio, isn't it? But the announcement is this. And my focus has been over the years on shelter pets, on cats in general, getting them to the veterinarians. Really not moved the needle there. But this year the focus will be on senior pets, which I know touches your heart because it's a commitment for you. And uh, we have more senior pets in America now than we've ever had. We can do more for senior pets than we ever could before in lots of different ways. Just by having pet insurance, period. End of story, you can save a pet's life. Well, I have a 13-year-old cat named Murphy and a couple of 10-year-old dogs, Chipper and Cleo, and and they both surf. And I jokingly refer to them as the Betty White of canine surfers. (laughs) They're not old enough yet. (laughs) Well, Chipper is a golden retriever husky, so at 10, she's certainly a senior. But, you know, Steve, every day I consider a gift to have Chipper and Cleo and and Murphy in my life, along with the little youngster, Zeke. But I think a lot of it has to do that we incorporate exercise every day. I try to fortify them with great food, and we have pet insurance. And, yes, I'm on a first-name basis with my veterinarian, and I think those things do go a long way in extending the quality of life for our pets. Well, one thing you could do that you're doing is to keep them active. You know, we assume as they get older and and kind of cranky and creaky, (laughs) and and to a degree it is, you know, but there are things we can do. We could just feed them in a food dispensing toy. So that way they're moving around in unusual ways, sort of, you know the kind of toys I mean that the dogs yes. pull around with their nose? Or there are the brain games for toys, the Nina Otteson toys. I love those. Puzzle pieces, and the dogs have to, or cats can do this too, move around those pieces to get at the food. So they're using their brain, I mean, to keep both 
physically and mentally, maybe even more important, active throughout a lifetime. You know, we forget to tell because we assume they know it, and they do. Uh, our 10-year-old dogs to sit every once in a while before they get a treat. Now, not only does that reinforce what sit is all about, which at that age, I suppose, isn't all that important, but when they're sitting and getting up, they're sitting, they're moving. That's a good okay. thing. Nextly, we know that that sort of communication back and forth enhances the human-animal bond on both ends. So that's a good thing as well. So we forget to do these things with our older pets. We also assume that they know this stuff and they're not going to forget. Well, there's some truth to that, but the reinforcing of it keeps that brain working, and that's a good thing, too. Before we taped the show, Steve, I actually did throw a paper wad up and down my stairs for my 13-year-old cat, Murphy, to have a little kitty aerobics. She loved it. Perfect. You know what? That's perfect. Perfect. We're speaking with Steve Dale, who does many things to benefit pets all over the planet. And I want you to dash over after the show to two websites of his, stevedalepetworld.com and petworldradio.net. Now, it's time to find out. We know he has a lizard in his house in Chicago, but tell us a little bit about the kitty and two dogs in your life. <laughs> I could tell you about the kitty and the two dogs. The kitty's name is Roxy. Roxy uh-huh. is a six-year-old uh, Devon Rex cat who is actually staring at you <laughs> right now okay. uh, as we're speaking. Ethel is, I don't know, I'm not good with the ages. I need my wife for this stuff, but she's an everything dog. We want to do the genetic test and actually make it a contest. I have no clue. I don't think they will have an answer because okay. I believe her parents, those parents, and those parents, and those parents were all mixed breed dogs. <laughs> if there is a mutt, she is it. But she's just wonderful, and we got her from animal control. doesn't happen a lot anymore, which is the good news. Uh, right. but she was just dumped in a box with a litter of puppies at the doorstep of animal control in Chicago. At the Animal Welfare League of Chicago, just literally a year ago, I was helping them do an assessment and helping them out, and a friend of mine were there, and we were just walking up and down, and I said, wait, as I saw this little dog, this little white Toto-looking dog, and my wife had always said to me, I want a little white looking dog. He kind of struck me and I said, take her out. They did. She jumped in my lap, kissed me, and then we began texting photos of this dog to my wife. And her name is Hazel. And actually, the reason why she's named Hazel is because I was there with a friend of mine at Animal Welfare League. And she said, after we were texting photos to my wife, she said, you know what this dog's name is going to be? I said, I don't know what was her name when she was dropped off. She was dropped off by someone, by the way, who said that the owner died. It may have happened, may not happened. Who knows, you know? I mean, the most wonderful dog. No family member wanted her. I mean, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just proof that you can get. She probably was about a year old, but proof that you can get terrific, terrific dogs and cats at animal shelters and through rescue, if it's a legitimate rescue, and that's absolutely right. And she just just slid into our household and has fit in so well. She's named Hazel because she said, I wanted to always name a dog Hazel. And I said, why don't you? And she said, I am now. Call your dog Hazel. I thought, okay. <laughs> Her name is Hazel. I love it. I mean, uh, you and your wife, Robin, you know, you've got Ethel and Hazel and Roxy and the lizard. And uh, it must be kind of nice on those nights you get to kick back and have your critters with you, right? 
Yes, we have a very crowded bed, and I'll stop there. <laughs> so we're getting ready to wrap up this show, but before we do, we want Steve. Steve, I'd love you to share some parting words of wisdom with our listeners. And hey, listeners, you got to check out his new books. These e-books are full of great information, and we're talking only three ninety nine each. Right, Steve? Yes. We're talking a bog in here, listeners. And you know what? It's coming from Steve Dale, who I guess would be a good description. You're both a student and a teacher of all things pets. You bring good information, but you also know how to find the top experts to give people the information they need. Well, thanks. I, that would be probably true. I, I I believe I get more continuing education credits than most veterinarians do. So I'm at veterinary conferences all the time, as you pointed out earlier. Yes, you do attend a lot of conferences, and I see you there at the sessions dubiously taking notes. You're paying attention, and it shows that. I'm the, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to learn, and there's a lot to learn, a lot that changes. And that's the good news. I mean, we're still learning things. And, you know, the more people can help out the Win Feline Foundation. So what I didn't give is the website. That's winnfelinehealth.org for the Win Feline Foundation. So, listeners, be sure to go to winfelinehealth.org. And, Steve, I'm wishing you a possum 2013. And I salute you for taking up the uh, cause for senior pets everywhere. And may you be able to provide people with ageless advice. Well, I figure if I could find the fountain of youth for them, maybe I could find it for me. There you go. We're delighted we've had Steve Dale on our show as our special guest. And again, he is the author of two new ebooks. You must get your paws around. They are called Good Dog. Practical Answers to Behavioral Questions, and Good Cat, Practical Answers to Behavioral Questions. Thanks again, Steve, for being on our show. I'm thrilled to do it. Thank you, Arden. Okay, listeners, that wraps up this episode of the Old Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. I also want to thank Mark Winner, my awesome possum producer, for making this show happen each and every week. you got to go dash over to the Pet Life Radio Network and check out all the talented hosts who have many, many different shows on all things pets. So until next time, this is your flea-free host, Arden Moore, delivering just two words to all you two, three, and four-leggers out there. I'll behave. Coast to coast and around the world, it's All Behave with Arden Moore. Find out why cats and dogs do the things they do and get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails in Rin Tin Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get great tail-wagging pet tips and have a fur-flying fun time. All Behave with America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore, every week on demand. Only on PetLifeRadio.com.